So welcome to another episode of Burritos, Breaks, and Flies. And today we have a special guest. We have Anton Novak of, what do you want to call it? You want to call it Rounds? Rounds Sterling? Bakery. Rounds Absolutely. Ba Perfect. Yeah. Outstanding. Outstanding. Morning, gentlemen. Yeah, thank How's you. How's it going? For... Morning. It's great awesome. to have you here. Great to see you guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, we're super pumped on this. So, Yeah, I mean, it's a real honor that you um, agreed to the podcast. We always try to reach out to interesting people in the community who are connected and who take advantage of you know the environment around them well and we I, definitely are that i mean yeah. I, I think we've really kind of planted our roots here in reno yeah no for sure yeah and i want to just tell everybody where we are we're here in rounds bakery we're actually at your moana location that's right and i i really like the style when you walk in it's just a very comfortable atmosphere and i also what always impresses me the most are the smells <laughs> right now i think i smell donuts and then on top of it um you guys uh, for those of you who haven't been here their art is incredible so you look around and you see these photos of donuts close up and various other things and it's just a great place to be so thanks and, again for having us and that's all sean he does all the the art and the the, the media play of everything so but yeah no yeah, Pleasure to have he, you guys. He's here. got a real gift for that. He does. Thanks. Yeah, they're awesome. Like I always get a kick out of it. I, I actually get a bit of inspiration kind of when we're making our own little, you know, uh, little promotional items and stuff for like bear fish and stuff where we like we put out a podcast or a little blurb we put out. You know, this is something I always have in mind because the way that they reach the audiences or your customers is pretty yeah. sweet. It's to the point. It's great. <laughs> it's you know it's designed to be fun too yeah. we 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 do kind of uh we kind of play on some of our competitors and kind of uh mm -hmm. be, we're a little cheeky sometimes yeah uh but you know we make yummy stuff and everybody's got to work so come to work be happy enjoy yourself you know right. have the customers come in laugh giggle at some of the posters whatever sure. some of the artwork and then uh and then leave with a full belly and a big smile yeah and that's one of the things that we were interested in because we talk about you know our 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 listener kind of quote unquote fueling that expedition mm -hmm. so food is just a very key part of you know everyday life and yeah very key part of everyday life uh, a part of uh uh our connection to each other like usually you know it's like oh hey let's go out for lunch let's go out for uh you know a cocktail and some light bites or something and so um it's i i love returning to the roots of food you know so and so, uh, just kind of to start out, who is Anton? <laughs> well, um, I haven't lived in Reno all my life. I moved here about eight years ago. And uh, my last name, Novak, actually means newcomer. And, uh, in, or new man in, in, uh, in Czech. And my father's Czech. My mom's a Kiwi from New Zealand. Uh, so I'm really a transplant. I was born here. But uh, I've lived uh, outside of the United States almost as much in my lifetime as I have inside the United States. And uh, really just uh, traveled around the world. My previous career was an airline pilot and an Air Force pilot before that. Uh -huh. And that was my dream growing up. Uh, I, I, was, uh, <laughs> I was on a TWA 747 going to Europe to visit grandma. And I had this little plastic garbage truck and I thought it was the coolest thing. Uh, until I got onto a 747 and they invited me up to the cockpit and I looked at my toy garbage truck and sort of threw it over my shoulder and said, nah, this is what I want to do. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and that stuck with me. And uh, I went to the Air Force Academy, uh, flew for the Air Force for 10 years, then on with uh, Delta for a brief stint and then FedEx for another 10 years. And so I had this wow. illustrious career of flying around the world, uh, seeing so much of the world, seeing so much uh, different cultures and food and experiences, but, uh, you know, never really felt like I belonged anywhere, you know, always traveling, always living out of a suitcase. And so, you know, returning to Reno has offered a new perspective on that. Wow. Yeah. Well, and, and, and tell us a little bit about that return to Reno. I mean, what, I mean, yeah. was it just... I mean, how did that was it just like oh yeah oh, no. Reno yeah okay let's, I was let's do this yeah. I was living in Hong Kong at the time and okay. Hong Kong is 12 million people you know on an island basically uh, and incredibly busy and I was I came back here to take care of my father who was a concert violinist and restaurateur so food was in my background and uh, and he was uh, 
he was aging with Alzheimer's, and so uh, he needed some care. And so I gave up that career of flying, moved back here, and didn't know how happy I was going to be. Because when my parents said they retired in Reno, and, and we came from San Francisco, that's where my parents immigrated to, uh, I was just like, Reno? Really? You know, and mm-hmm. I found myself, uh, you know, that juxtaposition of 12 million people, fun things to do, city that never stops kind of thing, the, uh, the uh, uh, Asian New York City kind of lifestyle to this wide open space, these big blue skies, these mountains with snow caps on them. And um, I just kind of found myself being a lot more serene. And I was started to realize, wow, this place actually holds something for me. It's speaking to me. It's it's grounding me in a way. And I very much was grounded. I was a pilot and I was no longer a pilot. So I wasn't getting up in the air anymore. <clears throat> and uh, at that point, uh, my father, uh, who had started a project years ago making a potato pizza, uh, we developed that into a gluten-free recipe. And this was the idea. I was going to go back to those original roots of my food background mm-hmm. with my dad's restaurant. And it was called Brumbery's Machek. Now, Czech people, they would grind up the potatoes, uh, the meats and the cheeses, bake it into like this casserole dish. And then, you know, that and a beer, hearty, you know, proletariat, working man's food. Uh, but my father would make them plain. And then he would just top them with whether it were chicken paprikash or goulash or whatever it might be. Uh, <laughs> and quite by accident one day, all the rectangular dishes were used up. He made it in a circular dish. He popped it out. It reminded him of a bobbly pizza crust, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he said, wow. Never really thought about it. Decided to put some uh, tomato sauce on, some cheese, some prog ham, some mushrooms, and the potato pizza was born, as we kind of say. Well, so that file, he did it in the restaurant for a couple more years. He sold the restaurant, retired, everything. I kept that file the entire time I was flying around the world. And when I came back here to take care of my dad, that was the project we embarked on together. And so um, we turned it into this awesome gluten-free pizza crust based in potato with, with some quinoa and with some of, the, uh, some of the other natural ancient grain flours. And uh, had a really fun time developing it, but now I had nowhere to make it. And so um, hence, where do we go? And you know, we looked at co-packing, we looked at a variety of different options. And, None of it made sense because it was, you know, capital intensive, without a market, without a place to store it, without anybody to sell it. So we said we're gonna we're gonna grow this organically, and so we looked for a shuttered restaurant or a kitchen, uh, and Rounds Bakery was for sale those days, uh, and that was six years ago next month. Wow! Wow! Okay. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, it was an asset sale with eleven uh, employees, and we saved those jobs that day. And six years later, we make the pizza crust. We sell it to, to Bullies, and uh, we're developing a few flavors of our own. But uh, we have 80 employees and have grown uh, really, as I say, um, rooted in the community, like definitely. And that's something that I really longed to experience. You can imagine, uh, it sounds glamorous, it's fun. I was staying in posh hotels, getting whisked away in limousines to fun places. and you know, on the beach, you know, or in the sky, seeing the sunshine when nobody sees the sunshine all winter for, uh, you know, the, the cloudy overcast skies. And when I came here, I think that's what, gravi- that's what made me gravitate towards this so much. And having a restaurant that's like a conduit to the community right. um, really helped me grow my roots here. Right. It sounds like even though as lavish or luxurious or as fun as that airline pilot lifestyle was like i said getting whisked away in limousines and events and probably galas and all kinds of stuff but it's it's all like i want to say it's self-serving but it's only benefiting you and your kind of person seems like you like to reach out and and yeah kind of spread that you know i i did have it was it was i had at one point more friends like in in Paris and in, in Dubai or in Hong Kong when I wasn't even living there yet, I was still living in San Francisco, than I actually had when I was living in San Francisco. And that's because I would be there for three or four days with nothing to do and sort of really connected uh, to the same old watering holes and everything like that. I'd come home to San Francisco and um, you know I'd be all jet lagged, all different ways. I'd want spaghetti for breakfast and cereal for dinner yeah. uh, kind of a thing, you know. and. Uh, and so it was really, it was always kind of took a couple of days to assimilate back into the culture. And um, 
well, it was great, you know, and I, I, I would fly with someone new. So I worked every day with somebody new. Uh, so there was, there was no continuity in my life. Um, it was very fun. It, it gave me a breadth of experience, a breadth of knowledge, you know, uh, a wonderful um, taste of the world, if you will. Uh, but I say it's kind of a young man's game or a young person's game because at some point you get to that point where you like you want to have a lasting impact. You want to have a legacy. You want to have roots. You want to be established. That old, you know, hey, Norm and Cheers Bar kind of a thing. I didn't yeah. have that, right? You know, you know, I never had that sort of where everybody knows your name or or you're really connected to the community. And so that's really uh, what I longed for. And I didn't even know it at the time yeah. until I had to leave flying, come back here to take care of my father. And then that's when I really started to experience it. And you know, what's fascinating about that, what you just said is like you really established yourself as 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 a pillar in the community you know as a contributor to the community yeah. in reno and the surrounding areas i mean holy smokes i mean ben and i um we went to an event what was that event uh, it was for urban roots it oh, yeah. was um a brunch and a lot of the community was there and then we saw you there yeah and immediately <laughs> my connection to you was i knew you were somebody who cared about your community and being involved yeah and and what are some of the things that you've done differently to help um, establish yourself and really kind of dig those roots you know it came very organically because when we when when Sean and I bought this business um, it was bankrupt and we had to build it back up and we'd make fresh donuts and fresh bagels every day and we'd wait for the customers to come in and when they didn't come in what do you do with all that mm. And, you know, when we, the very first day I remember, the staff were just throwing the donuts into the garbage can. And Sean said, what are you doing? What the hell is going on here? Yeah. Uh, and she goes, well, this is what we always do. And he goes, not anymore. And so for the first month or so, we piled all the donuts and bagels into our Subaru and drove them down to the homeless shelter on, on Record Street. And they started to realize we were getting serious. We were getting the attention of not just the people that we were feeding, uh, but the attention of everyone that sits on that board. Uh, like, who is this restaurant? What is this? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And that's really how it developed. So <clears throat> Sean's family's background is in education. Mine is in food uh, with my brief little foray in aviation. But uh, we decided that it didn't even have to be a bakery. You know, it could have been any business that we were going to do. We realized that we wanted to do something a little bit bigger than just own a business to make money. Mm -hmm. um, and so we began a campaign of connecting to the community uh, and building a business with the community uh, rather than on the backs of it. So our fundamental philosophy was going to combine food and education. And I always say, you can't learn on an empty stomach and you can't earn a living without an education. So let's feed them and let's get them educated uh, and keep them in school. And, and that's really how our outreach started. And today, over 40 tons of food, over $100,000 to just local charities. You know, and there's very good national charities to be involved with, but we really wanted to help out our own, our own town. So now that's, that's, yeah. that's pretty fascinating. You know, and, and I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it's, it could be, it's very easily in the nature of many businesses, regardless of what service or product that they're providing, they get very inward focused. They're yeah. very focused on what's happening in their operation and what's going out the door or going in the hand of the customer. And they don't see the, the relation of what it means to take care of everything around that as much as they can. You know, obviously sure to be beneficial to the business, but also be beneficial just, just to be a Good yeah. person in general, like you said, yeah. not riding on the back of the community, but, you know, helping the community grow. It, right. And it, it really did. It was it still is a very it's a very sound business model for us. Mm -hmm. It took a while to get that outreach. And, you know, there was the first year was a very, very tough year for us. And we weren't sure that we were going to make it. But um, as we were literally feeding the community, the community came in the doors and, and, and returned the favor. And, you know, we are very proud that one, you know, people walk in here sometimes and they say, wow, your sandwich costs nine, ten bucks. And I say, yeah, it's because we have a living wage promise to our employees. 
You know, not one of my employees makes under 1087 an hour. Most of them in the $15, $17 price range or uh, hourly, hourly wage rate. And we offer medical and dental and a 401k, paid time off, maternity leave. That's unusual for a small business, uh, you know. And yes. Really it really is. No, it is. Yeah. And I know the value of $200 to my employees. If I take home an extra $200, that's one thing. You know, maybe I could splurge or something. But to some of my employees, that's the difference between, you know, being able to afford a better place with a separate bedroom for their children or whatever to put more food on the table or medicine or whatever it might be. I know that those dollars go a lot farther to my employees. So we've always had that promise. And we have a promise to the community that we're always going to continue to help the community. Um, we still do outreach every month. That's great. I and, think, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm really impressed with that. And I could see it when Nico and I both comment a lot when we see the presence of rounds in the community. It, it really comes through with people's commitment, um, being a part of something that they believe in and that they're treated well by. What are your um, what are your future plans? What do you see in the future? I know you're you're growing organically, consistently, but yeah. what what should we expect from Rounds? <laughs> well, Rounds started as a restaurant, and we had a very small wholesale presence. Uh, and you know, in terms of percentage of business, it was eighty percent restaurant, about twenty percent wholesale. We had a couple of clients, uh, some of the casinos and Whole Foods, and that over six years has. Uh, literally flipped upside down to where it's 80 to 90 percent wholesale and actually only about 10 percent of the restaurant or 10 percent of our revenue comes from our restaurant component and so as what we started to see was our brand and our name and who we are was better served by literally um, selling our product to the community rather than you know people ask we, we, we provide food to Swill, like they, pack, they, have, they carry our sandwiches and stuff like that. Coffee and Comics, um, Mugshot, a few of the other places in town. Those are just some, of the, uh, just some of like 20 or 30 now. And everyone said, well, aren't you afraid you're taking business away from your own restaurant? And I never thought of it that way. I, I always thought of the more I can get my product out in front of people, nobody's ever really going to always come to that one location. And the more they can experience my product out there, it, it's going to be for the better because it's more that, more that gives my employees something to do, more that we can do in the community. And so we've taken that, and now that's really where we're going. We're building. We, uh, last year we purchased a building, about 12,000 square feet, and we are per, uh, building out a production kitchen. And our plan is to really bring rounds and our products, Rounds Bakery's products, to you in your grocery stores, in your coffee shops, you know, at the university. Uh, we're inside of Tesla, you know. So wherever you work or play or, you know, shop, uh, we hope you find Rounds Bakery there. Absolutely. That's an extremely beneficial uh, model for, for Reno, too, the way it's growing. Right. And just my experience, if anybody, anybody is trying to open, uh, like, a dining location or, like, a coffee shop, it's not easy to find that spot because, you know, all the codes you have to adhere to and everything you have right. to have in the back of the house, it's almost impossible to find. Yeah. So by you expanding into, hey, instead of just being that singular, hey, everybody come to rounds, you can only come to rounds for the, the rounds product. Well, now you got the rounds product going out to 30 places. And if anything, it's like, of course, you benefit from it. Yeah. You know, that, that helps this company grow, but you're helping that component grow for that guy or, or that gal. They can't get into that, that storefront saying, well, I can't. I have this dream, I got the capital, I got, I got the place, but I can't, I can't put up the kitchen because of a code. Now you can bring in that prepackaged food, and now they grow because of you. And not only just the code, uh -huh. the people. Uh -huh. Labor is in such tight supply here. Very good it, is, it is, I hear it all the time. Even when I'm talking to some of my casino clients, oh, you know, well, oh, no, we could do that, we could do that. For years I heard, oh, no, we make our own muffins, we do all this whole, uh, now they're saying, Anton, do you think you can, uh, you, guys, uh, you guys make pretzels? You guys do this? You guys do that? Yeah, we can do that. Because I, I can't rely on a steady stream of labor uh, to grow the casino, to keep people staffed, to keep vacations going. So what we're finding is when we have these consolidated operations, we can provide a high-quality product with a strong labor force, and those people don't have to go out and find that. 
and it's hard. It's hard to find people uh, to work right now, yeah. you know, yeah. because this city has grown faster than its population now, in terms of the job market. This is a little bit off topic, but I know you are well connected. And when you get hungry, uh, one of the things that we always talk about is our burrito segment. <laughs> and that I just found myself wondering, somebody who knows food so well, um, where do you go for your, your favorite burrito? Or what is it and how do you get it? Ah, okay. Well, you know... Definitely, having traveled around the world, uh, you know, I, I love a good schnitzel. I love some of the, you know, the the Thai food is uh, and Vietnamese food is some of my favorite. The juxtaposition of like this crispy fried with uh, wrapped in fresh lettuce, you know, so this this juxtaposition of like fatty fried with fresh organic or from the ground uh, is really fun. So, you know, picking one thing. Uh, is, is a bit of a challenge, but I'll tell you something about uh, my everyday experience and, and what surrounds me. Yeah, I'm sure. surrounded by bagels and donuts and everything, but we have a staff of 80 people, and you can imagine that's quite diverse as well. And uh, I have a cadre of ladies that come in and they bring their food from home. And oh, that's um, the best it is, it is, it's so, and so here I am in a restaurant where we make food and my employees are bringing food from home. You know, you normally think like, oh, everybody eats at the restaurant. Everybody eats a bagel every day or something. No, it's not true. And uh, I have, I have the pleasure, the honor of like getting invited to sit down with them and eat this food. And uh, something that's blown my mind away lately, uh, and it was just a couple of days ago, is uh, these ladies bring in something called chicken tinga. And it is, uh, they, they say it's a simple recipe. I'm sure they're not telling me all the ingredients. But, uh, you know, it's, right, uh, right. it's chicken in a tomato sauce with onions and garlic and cilantro. And uh, it's that kind of food that you start to eat and it's a little bit messy because it's on a tostada and you're eating it and you want, you're going to eat more and you're going to get messier and there's, there, there's just no stopping it. It was just so incredible. And so I, I like the fact that I'm getting to experience that it, the community right in my own place. And I will say it's led to some interesting recipe developments even in, among our products. But, uh, but that, uh, that, that sort of takes, that, that's the most vivid memory right now of, 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 of my favorite burrito, if you will, in a tostada form. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm, I'm, a little, it's, uh, I'm still taking it in. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. you know, you're, you're breaking apart this tostada and the chicken's kind of, and then it drips a little bit onto your, your chin and, and you're just, uh, it's incredible. And just wow. such a unique flavor. Sort of a, a, a blend of, uh, almost like a, uh, a tamale, uh, a, a, um, tomato sauce, kind of a, kind of has that Hungarian almost flavor as well with the paprika mm -hmm. and everything, but still very authentically uh, Latin flavored. Interesting. Yeah, wow. really good. We didn't even know it was going to go in this direction. So. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We're stumped. We're yeah, stumped. I, I, I mean, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> you know, I, I was just curious with your your world travels. Yeah. You know, you're out there, you're hungry. What what do you what are some of the telltale signs that you look for to say, hey, this place has got a lot of potential here? What what's important to you in a, in identifying a place with promise that you'd stop at versus just pass by? Uh, you know, I always uh, try and follow the locals. Uh, if mm -hmm. I see a long line of locals as opposed to the tourists, I also look for signs that typically are in the native language like it doesn't say you know um you know and aunt, aunt uh aunt betty's you know um <laughs> uh viet faux soup kind of a thing where it's right. you know I, I look for that and there's a i i always kind of find myself willing to experiment you know i, I think that's one of the one of the if I have a bad meal or I order something and I didn't realize it was like tongue or something like that, so be it. Mm -hmm. I won't eat it. I'll maybe move on to something else in the different menu. But I think the willingness to try those new foods and try those places has really just kind of, uh, you, you kind of start to get a, develop a, a sixth sense for it, you know. 
it's it's been fun. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, now coming back to Reno, um, we always ask. Basically, we've got a survey talking now specifically about Mexican food here. Okay. And Nico, <laughs> do you want to talk about that that we we ask all our guests? Yeah, yeah, and I think we'll we'll relate this to the chicken tinga. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and we'll make some adaptations here. I don't think it's going to be hard. I think we can do this. So, well, we don't have too much. Well, we talked a little bit about the grease dripping down. It's a different type. You have the tostada type thing going on here. So, now I under, my understanding is it can be made into a burrito. I you know, but. At the time I had it, was a tostada. This is getting complicated. Is it? Am I making it <laughs> no, really difficult? No, this is, no, we like this because, because you know, there, there, there's a certain, you know, like the whole burrito aspect, there's a simplicity to it. Yeah. You know, but, but there's a complexity. But now when we're talking with the chicken tinga, there's these extra layers that you don't find in a burrito. A burrito, you have extra layers of texture. Right. I think you're going to find a broader range of, of depth. Um, Oh, this is really getting deep, huh? Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and I, yeah, I don't even know what cheese went into it, uh, but uh, like the cotilla cheese or some sort of a, a very uh, um, queso. I feel more cultured just saying the word tinga. Tinga. Yeah, tinga. no, it's, <laughs> it kind of rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It does. So this is, okay, so normally I would ask you, like if, if we're feeling a high grade of burrito, yeah. I'm going to ask you if you feel a hot breeze as you're eating the burrito. However, based off of description you're giving us, I think there's a little different direction we're going to go. Okay. All right. Where do you transcend to when you eat the chicken tinga? <laughs> Where does it put you? You're biting into it. Does the world around you disappear? And, and are you automatically <laughs> just moved someplace yeah. else in the world or, or just a special place in your mind of... Yeah, you know, there's, um, it, it, it does, and I don't even know if it was maybe even slightly flavor-related, but, uh, you know, we adopted um, three Mexican, you know, siblings, uh -huh. uh, and, uh, and after we adopted them, we went down to Mexico. Uh -huh. uh, we went to the Yucatan Peninsula, to Merida, and a uh, beautiful little town, but we went down to Chichen Itza and some of the, the temples in Uxmal, and along the way, on these little two-lane roads, we stopped at this one little, almost like what looked like a motel, but kind of high on a hill with palm trees and sort of lush gardens. And you know, this very typical Mexican wood chair with the thatched backs and everything. Okay. And just sort of this all open, but on, sort of on a patio overlooking the valley and everything uh, with, with the sun and the clouds, just sort of a gentle breeze going by. And, and that to me is... Always, like if it can transport me to that place, mm. that's that's when I know I've I've hit that taste bud. This this is uh, this is new ground for yes. us. Okay. Yeah. No, this is good. I mean, this is a place I think we've always wanted to go with with uh, um, I don't know what we call it. Transcendence. Transcendence or, or transcession theory. Yeah. If you want to call it. Yeah. For, <laughs> Like uh, in the culinary world, right. I mean, like you know. if I have a good, really, really good beer, transcends me back to Germany, you know, or uh, you know, right. in my in my Air Force days back there. So it's always it always takes me to where the food originates from, and so if you can taste the origin, I think you you found you found a spot. Yeah, and I, I was really intrigued when you were first describing some of the recipes that you and your dad had worked on, yeah. and how they traced back to your roots. I think for us, one of the things we go for, one of our goals of the podcast is to really help the, help somebody get connected to their environment around them. Mm -hmm. And when you're, you're eating foods with, you know, ingredients that go back to essentially the purpose of the food, I think that makes it yeah. an incredible experience. It truly does. And I think that's what transports you. You can tell. You know, when it's, when it's cooked in the way and in the style with the ingredients, um, really sends you to that place. Yeah. And I, I would say there's something about, you know, on the retail front that you have here. Um, I, I've had the privilege of having some of the sandwiches on your menu. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there's something to be said. You, know, you can go into a variety of different dining locations and look at a menu and go, oh, 
there's sandwich A, B, and C. Yeah. Right? But until you actually get that finished product in front of you and actually start eating it, you're like, oh, okay, well, this is why it's different. Because right. it's easy to look, oh, a sandwich, oh, it's got bread and then it's got its vegetables and then the protein and some type of spread of some sort. Great. You know, I can go anywhere and get that. I can say here by far has been quite the experience because now you're all of your ingredients are usually well they are i mean they're top notch yeah i mean and, and you could you could taste that through every layer yeah you know and i think aside from kind of like the education you give your customers and they say why am i paying nine or ten dollars or something for a sandwich you know or something it's like well obviously there's all this that goes into it but you're also you're not giving them something that's subpar sub quality it's it's it, it, it's I'm saying it's just it's top notch. Well, I, I thank you. Deliver I, I, else. I, I appreciate that very much. No, we we do. We make everything from you know our schmears, our cream cheese uh, mm -hmm. schmears, uh, uh, right here on the premises. Uh, you know, every day. Um, and I always say meat has to has to cure, cheese has to age, vegetables have to ripen. But bread or the, the substance around that, the bread, the tortilla, you know, if you're talking about burritos, yeah. that's freshest and best right out of the oven. Yeah. And so when you're talking about going to a place to have a sandwich, you know, you wouldn't necessarily go to a deli because they're buying the same meats and cheeses I'm buying. You go to a bakery right. where they're baking the freshest bread, mm -hmm. um, which really makes or breaks a sandwich. And... As we're transitioning this sort of business model of our own restaurant into distributing our product around town, people are wondering, well, how can you maintain that freshness in a, in, you know, a sandwich that's now beautifully packaged and nicely labeled and color-coded with the protein and all kinds of fun stuff? How can you maintain that freshness of the bread? And one of the secrets that I'm going to let you know, your listeners in on is the cream cheese. You put ranch dressing or dill pickles or something like that right on bread, and two days later you got a soggy mess, or a day later you have, even a couple of hours later, you could have a soggy mess. Uh, right. right? Yeah. We suspend those flavors in our cream cheese. We'll do a pepper, bacon, ranch, cream cheese. Now we can put all those flavors on a sandwich. It's not soaking through the bread, mm. uh, and it's creating this really unique experience. Uh, for the, uh, you know, this isn't just a roast beef and cheddar sandwich. This is now a, you know, peppered bacon with maple and, and honey and everything like that. And then we add the ham and maybe even a little brie cheese on top of that mm -hmm. to really give it uh, some depth. Some arugula for some peppery spice. Uh, and you put that maybe on an onion bagel. Oh, well, you know, now you're talking. Wow. <laughs> this is a lot. This is a lot. And, you know, this is one thing. So it, we talk about fueling our expedition, you know, because yeah. obviously Ben and I are, are yeah. fly fishermen, you know, and stuff like that. So we think really important aspect of, of engaging activity like fly fishing or, or any outdoor activity. I mean, you could be going out doing something. You could just be hiking a trail, going out for a run. You could be whatever, bird watching, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it is you're outside, you're expending energy. And to, to fully enjoy that experience, to get the most out of it, you got to be fueled up. You got to yeah. have, you can't just wake up in the morning and go hit it because yeah. you're just going to hit a curve and you're going to start crashing quick yeah. and it's going to make the experience awful. So it's encouraging to know that, that we have an establishment like yours here and it's, it's perfect timing because, I mean, you're primarily open, you have... How open do you how, how So we're open uh, 5.30 in the morning uh -huh. till 3 in the afternoon Perfect. throughout the week and then till 2 o'clock uh, on the weekends. Right, so. right. So there's no excuse for nobody to come by in the morning and <laughs> no. <laughs> grab, no. grab and, a sandwich or something. I mean, that's... <laughs> you know, we've had people like, we, we are a 24-hour operation as far as production goes. So we'll be, you know, putting the donuts out at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., whatnot. Uh, so we're always here. And right. we've even had some customers like, oh, you open yet right, right. <laughs> and we'll crack the door get them a fresh donut nice cup of coffee on their way so yeah. and if you're lucky enough to work at tesla absolutely pretty much a community of its own uh, you guys are also in there yeah we have nine stores inside of tesla panasonic and ht all encompassed inside the big gigafactory building um and then we're at uh 
You can find us at the university in six locations, as well as uh, the Wolfpack Tower. We're sort of supplying the, the, um, the off-site location um, student meals inside the Wolfpack Tower for, uh, for the kids that were living in the dorm that uh, had the explosion last year. Right. And, oh, wow. uh, yeah, so we're doing that. And, you know, then, of course, you can find us uh, in all your little favorite coffee uh, shops and, you know, our pretzels and everything and some of your favorite beer joints and, and Revisions Brewery. And, gosh, it's, it's really wow. amazing how much uh, uh, my team has brought to the community like you know before it was just bagels and donuts and now it's pretzels and rolls and hoagies and cubano bread and uh, and focaccia so it's, it's you know grow. it's great that you're getting out to so many different outlets yeah and, and significant outlets i mean obviously you had some of these educational outlets but some of these new business outlets um i mean we just spoke of like you know like the tesla panasonic type model and all these other businesses and i think it's it's wonderful and it's also important that Hey, you're the one putting all this good food out there. And I think that we talked about the business aspect of that, how it's beneficial for all these other shop owners and whatnot. But it's also beneficial to the image of Reno. Mm -hmm. Speaking to, we have so much growth here, exponential business growth. We have so much new traffic here with new people that it's pretty important for them when they go into these places that they're grabbing something of quality and eating it. Because quite often... You associate a place with what you first ate there or yeah. an awful experience there. Yep. So knowing that you have so much of this out there in places where you're going to find that new traffic, that says a lot because, I mean, Reno, quite honestly, if you ask anybody, you know, within a few hours of here, they're like, oh, you know, yeah, they have certain things to say about it, which completely isn't Reno. You know, it's yeah. like, well, obviously you didn't, you didn't stop, no. you know, for five minutes and take it in. So Yeah, no, it was... You know, and it, it's funny how the market or the community will also guide your business and 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 uh, bring that calling that they need. The reason why we started Packaged Food was literally one of the other coffee shops in town lost their lost their uh, line cook and said, "Hey, would you mind making a sandwich for us, packaging it, so that we can sell it in our shop because we really we we can't find good help." And I said, "Yeah, okay, we'll do that." And the original vision, if I may go back to the very beginning, was that we were going to actually be in every grocery store mm. with this gluten-free pizza crust from potatoes, all natural. The company was actually called Novak Naturals those days. Uh, and we, were, uh, we wanted to be that trusted name so that when you're working long, hard hours all day, maybe two incomes, you know, coming home, that there's something you could grab that's quick and easy but also nutritious and good for you. That vision got shaped a little differently. And it, it was steered by that packaged concept of feeding the other restaurants, and then particularly in Tesla. When I'm looking at these people and I'm asking them, oh, how you like it here? And, oh, it's great. We're doing exciting things. We're changing the world. But, boy, I'm working, you know, 12 or, or 712s. You know, I, I literally, you know, I have to beg for a day off practically. And I'm seeing these people work harder and harder, longer and longer hours in their workplace. And our commitment is to make sure that they have something good to eat that's good for them in this environment. This environment that used to be, you know, the sole uh, proprietorship or ownership of a vending machine where you could get a Coke and a candy bar, you know. And now we're bringing high quality, restaurant quality food every day, fresh every day to this workplace environment, to this sort of convenience uh, inside their own workplace. Yeah, Nico and I talked about uh, that. One of the reasons we were interested in this podcast because a lot of times we'll be out there, um, we'll be out east, we'll be far from where we parked, uh, fly fishing, we'll have you know, discovered a new spot. Yep. And when you have fueled that expedition with empty calories and you run out and you're on E, that whole experience quickly changes into something that you're basically, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> you're not able to take in that beauty and that environment around you. You're just simply Absolutely. out of energy, out of, you, you out lack of focus. creativity. You know, and if you lack focus, you lack the ability to take in what's around you. Right. I mean, and you're already engaging. If you're outdoors, you're already engaging the outdoors at a primal level. Yeah. You know, 
like how we like to speak to it, like with fly fishing, let's say if we're, if we're waiting, you know, we're mm -hmm. waiting fly fishing, so we're getting into the river. So automatically from the time that you step off the shoreline into the water, into a current, right. no matter how strong or how subtle it is, now your mind shifts from, oh, what's been going on all day to, oh, I need to keep my footing. I need to keep my balance. You know, I need to keep my focus on the horizon. I don't want to fall. I don't want to slip. I don't want to drown. You may not be saying that out loud in your head, but somewhere deep inside, you're, right. you're, you're managing that. And then now you're trying to manage, oh, I have this, this stick with a rope and this thing that's supposed to look like fish food on the end, and I'm flinging it over and over to this fish swimming around. I'm trying to get his attention. So you're like, well, I have to connect at that level. I have to understand the currents of the water. I have to understand, do I have the right bug on? Are they eating this? Is, what, is this what they want for lunch, you know? It, so when you start connecting at those levels, you're burning an exponential amount of energy, more than usual. You're not sitting in an office or you're not engaging in a business environment or anything like mm -hmm. that. You're All cylinders are firing. Every sense is working, right? And, and you're also being outdoors. Now you're self-regulating temperature. You're not in a climate-controlled condition where you're like, I don't have to regulate because the heater is doing it or the air conditioning is doing it. Now you're right. like, oh, I'm hot, I'm cold. <clears throat> so all these factors. So that's kind of ties into Ben, why it's so important to properly Fuel. Fuel. <laughs> Fuel before the expedition. Right. Absolutely. Right. And that's where that quality comes in. Like you said, if it's crap junk food, you know, or, or, or an awful product, you know, that you're like, oh, great. It'll curb that craving for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Then it hits you like a ton of bricks because all of a yeah. sudden now your body's like, what's this? Now it's going to expend all that energy focusing on the garbage inside your body. And you're just completely distracted. Rather than you don't know why you're distracted. You're just like, oh, this is not yeah. right. And then, you know. There you are. Yeah, you know. no, it's, it, it is amazing how food connects us and allows us to connect, mm -hmm. you know, really. Right, right. And I think that's, that's a big thing we like to do with, with, our, with our whole fly fishing community is it's, you know, we, we have fun talking about that. But this is one reason we, we really wanted to have you on is going a little bit different direction where, hey, look, we all can talk fly fishing all day, every day, in our minds, to our friends or whatever. But... There, there's these other more important factors I think that surround it. Yeah. And one is that community, you know, around that. Like, we like to say that, uh, you know, the flow of the river, you know, is is synonymous with the community around it. Like, basically, a healthy river usually depicts or gives you an image of everything might be all right in town or that. A community, community in it. balance. Right. Absolutely. Right. You know, if you see this, if you see the river is clean and the trails are beautifully kept. That's what these people value. That's what we value here in Reno as a community. Uh, and you can say that it's really an extension of our values as to how we take a look and take care of, you know, our outdoors, our environment. You know, I tell my kids every day, clean your room. <laughs> you don't want to live in a mess. Right. Uh, and, you know, as a community, uh, we've, we've kept our room clean. You right. know, and uh, and it, it, it really for me, Tesla being here, mm -hmm. this uh, this clean energy technology accelerating the future towards uh, a sustainable energy uh, and sustainable transportation uh, really speaks to me, really does. And your um, your alliteration with the or sorry, not that your your connection with the river and the way it flows and and. Uh, when we talked a little bit about doing this podcast before, uh, I really enjoyed that. I, I really, uh, that's what made me want to do this. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, so, awesome. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think it, it stands for a lot because it's, it's like I said, you, you don't have to be engaged with the river on a daily basis or even have some type of fascination with it, but it's an appreciation. Yeah. So if you're in the community or somebody comes from outside of the community, they walk up to that body of water and there's somebody there that can share that experience going, hey, look, you know, maybe the extent of you enjoying this river is you walking up this path and going, wow, look at that, that flowing river and look at those birds and those ducks and, you know, the, the, the leaves flowing in the breeze. And it's like, well, there's an appreciation for that. And especially here because that's our, that's our life force, really. Mm -hmm. It is. Well, without that, that, that little piece of water cutting through town, none of this would be here. We all depend upon it. Yep. And one way or the other, it's like we have a responsibility to kind of take care of that in our own way. And it, and it, it starts at places like, like here at Rounds by the way that you reach out to the community and care for other people that just carries forward to where they're like, oh, wow, you know, 
you know, Anton's taking care of me and, well, I'm going to take care of this person. Or if it simply translates to walking down the river and going, oh, man, look at that. Somebody right. left their lunch trash here. That's okay. Well, let me pick that up and throw it away. You know, it, and, it, and somebody sees that. And it just, you know how it's just that community. It, and it is, it is a lesson that uh, we need to pass down and that we need to make sure that everybody that moves here appreciates, you know. Right. You see the Keep yes. Tahoe Blue or Keep Truckee Beautiful right. or, you know, uh, all these stickers. Um you know, you can come here and or, or my children, especially as, the, as they're so young, uh, can look at things and not have an appreciation of this takes work to keep it this way. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's very important for us to pass those lessons down that if if we don't take care of it, who will? You know, right. and so it's incumbent upon us to make sure that we preserve that sort of that responsibility. Uh, no, absolutely. And yeah. I mean, if I could just give one example of how important it is to do that. Uh, what was it? Is it late 1800s, early 1900s? Uh, water rights were an interesting thing here. There's a lot of diversions on the river. Mm-hmm. And in a nutshell, Reno natives were able to tell those who were from out of town because they couldn't stand the smell. Uh-huh. And what that meant was basically there's so many <laughs> water diversions in in, in summer the river running through downtown would run very skinny or almost empty go bone dry right but back in the day that's where they dispose of all their sewage mm-hmm. so the sewage would pile up in the dry riverbed and sections and they would wait till the fall till the first big storm would come and enough to flush it down river and this oh just it'll go down river but i mean that's i mean just to think back here where we live now that was the thing where oh oh you must not be from here that smell that's normal Right. It's like, well, what, what kind of, you know, like, how, what kind of welcome is that? You know, like, oh, that, that, yeah, you know, no, that's not the waste treatment. I mean, eventually in four months, it'll be, <laughs> it'll be treated, you know, right. right, you know. So that says, I mean, we've come a long way, you know, I mean, just, yeah. and that's just one example, you know, where, you know, that, that combined appreciation for, for the environment around us and, and, you know, and having that responsibility level in the business is, is good. And I'm glad that, that you support yeah. that in your way. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much for that. It's, it's nice to be able to really focus on what are we doing for our community. And you're a great example of how we could connect and love the area around us. Yeah. So, well, and thank you for having me. You know, yeah. this, has been, this has been great. It, it is that connection to community that has brought um, uh, really just about everything that Rounds Bakery is today and what we are today. Um, it's, it, we couldn't have done it without that community. And so we are, uh, we try to be good stewards of it awesome. and, and appreciate it. Awesome. So, hey, if somebody wanted to come to Rounds Bakery or check it out, what could you maybe oh, yeah. go to the street address? Yeah, email, 294 like, East. Email, website. <laughs> yeah. Website. <laughs> yeah. If you would like to send me a letter. <laughs> <laughs> thanking me. <laughs> now you can go on Yelp and all that fun stuff. But no, seriously, we are located at 294 East Moana Lane in between uh, Virginia and Kitski. Uh, if some of you are familiar with the Independent Square Shopping Center under the colonial-looking clock tower next to the Atlantis Casino. And we're open seven days a week, uh, Monday through Friday, 5.30 to 3, Saturday 7 to 2, and Sunday 8 to 2. Awesome. So you can find us at roundsbakery.com, 775-329-0800. Yeah, and it's well worth it. You should get down here and try it. Uh, it's addicting, and you will find yourself coming back more then once yeah. or twice or three times and and so. <laughs> it and it's important for your readers to know our listeners to know that uh we actually can come to you we do a, a great deal of caterings business caterings oh, and good. and stuff like that so from from two or three people in an office up to 500 you know wow. so so reach out to us and uh and come taste some of our uh, yummy goodness uh, i'm very I, i'm very honored and very proud of my staff and what they do every day awesome well, we appreciate you coming on as a guest. I know it's a little out of both of our lanes, but I thought this is something that's important for the community to know a little bit more about Thank about you. what you got going on here. I think it's just great. You do great work and have a just an awesome little menu. And I've always dug what you've done. So great. Thanks, Nico. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Thank Absolutely. you again. All right. Cheers. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye bye.
Dancers may be on the floor, dear, but my eyes. 